the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nations? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the Week 9 college football betting recap. And Week 10, look at I'm stuck in. Joining me, as always, is Colin Wilson, fresh off Arkansas's first non-losing weekend in six weeks. What's going on, Colin? Sam Pittman's not waking up sweating on this Sunday, uh, but it's a different week. I know you and I are going to have our money behind Arkansas uh, against Florida. We'll see what the number comes out at, but I don't know. You and I were just talking. It's like kind of a kind of a medium Saturday. Not a lot of bangers. Not a lot of you know people knocked out of the college football playoff. But that's going to change this weekend coming up. There are some major games coming up. Yeah, it was it, it was a boring afternoon. Like every marquee game felt like it was just a blowout from the start. We have to give credit. Our producer's going to be excited to put the sound clip in. We have to give credit to Bo Nix. Road Bo Nix. Has he he officially exercised the demons? And and that's an impressive win by Oregon on the road at Utah. Nix stays relevant in the Heisman combo. And Oregon, for my money, is the best team in the Pac-12. I don't think that's a question now. Uh, I know that they obviously lost at Washington, but it was a game they probably should have won. That was one of the most impressive performances of the day. I, you know, well, let me ask you, what did you have any other key takeaway from the day? Oklahoma, uh, I should mention, there was, you know, one of the most exciting games early was, I can't, and I still can't believe you flip-flopped. They, that Oklahoma <laughs> goes down in Lawrence. First home win of our top 10 team since 1984, before I was born. I mean, that's insane for Kansas. A game with a, a by the way, I had one bet. It was such a I, the reason I might feel like the day was more boring than others is I had only one bet at noon and you wait you wait Saturday morning you twiddle your thumbs you look at the clock right we do our live show and it and if you have one bet at noon and there's an hour lightning delay and you're just sitting there and I'm watching like arm I'm watching SMU put up 147 points like what well, there's nothing to watch it was, it was so that it made me feel like the a little biased because the afternoon got boring when that happened but Oklahoma is now I think out of the conversation. I think Dylan Gabriel is now out of the Heisman uh, when, you, when you have a performance like that against the Kansas defense. But what did you have uh, any key takeaways from the day? I don't think we've seen the ceiling for the Georgia offense and Carson Beck and all the weapons that he has. And we, I mean, uh, we talked about how this is going to open up the playbook for other targets. And that's exactly what we saw. I mean, I saw Mike Bobo's offense on display and it's going to be more downfield. Oregon, I, I, I believe, did exactly what I thought they would. Uh, I, the math guy inside of me said that seven has to be bought on Utah, but inside I was Monday, Tuesday, I was laying Oregon national title futures because I knew that once they got through this, it all runs through them. I mean, Bo Nix road, is that gone? Well, not going to, not going to matter for a while. They host USC, they host Oregon state, and then they're going to Vegas probably to play a Washington team that for some reason can't even, 
figure out how to get down the field against Stanford, which I give Troy Taylor credit in that game because he said pregame after I had taken an over on the first half, uh, which pushed, he said, uh, we're going to make this as slow as possible and keep Penix off the field. <laughs> Lo and behold, that's exactly what they did and, and kept it real close. So we got to figure out what's going on with Washington. Um, they, they're not looking too great. Uh, but really, I think what I think if there's a blanket statement we can make about week nine and put it to bed, it's that the Big 12 is taking over the Pac-12's role from years of the past. They are going to cannibalize themselves out of the college football playoff. The Pac-12 is setting up to be Oregon-Washington in a quarterfinal game. Winner goes to the playoff. Yeah, in a way that hurt, like Oklahoma losing also hurts Texas. Um, it's it's all very complex. There's a lot there's a lot to play out. Before we get to the voicemails, let's let's do a quick bet, best call, worst call, bet regret. Bet regret is I'll say right off the bat is let me see. I'm gonna say Miami of Ohio. Um, maybe because you know they were catching seven and a half without Gabbert. Line went got up. Ohio's offense is broken. I have the Mac Manifesto coming out tomorrow. Now I got to rewrite it. By the way, nine, nine, nine of the twelve teams in the MAC are down to their backup quarterback because Eastern Michigan started Ike Edwongo. I for, I forget his name. Nine teams in, the, in one conference are down to backup quarterbacks or rotating. But I figured Miami Ohio's defense would show up, and right, it's the first game without Gabbert and Smith's played that that line. Ohio's offense is completely broken. They are now dead last in the country in explosiveness in rushing and passing. They don't have Jacoby Jones. They can't run blocks. They have no run game. They have no deep threat. So everything is just work trying to make short passes. That's why the offense is broken. And they can't they can't run block. And they keep giving it to O'Shawn Allison. I don't know why. Bangora was good for them last year. When Allison was out for the year, he's back. But they're splitting carries. Allison's averaging under three yards per carry. He has over 100 carries in the year. That Ohio offense is completely broken. It's a huge win for my Ohio. It looks like they're going to go to the... MAC championship now and win that division. The rest of their schedule is easy, and we'll see. We're gonna have a backup quarterback future in the MAC against Toledo for a second straight year. Um, we'll see how it plays out. But that was my bet regret. Davion Smith at least has a lot of experience, though. Yep. I mean, yeah, at least Davion like, Smith has been here before. Yeah, I, that's why I really should have taken over the touchdown. I'll say worst call was was Florida. I, look, I Bill, I knew the game was over when Old Billy, your boy, went. Did a fake sneak at his own fake sneak? Just sneak it. We don't need to fake it. We don't need to snap between the quarterback's legs against a fast defense. Um, and look, Georgia was the right side, but I knew right after that, then Florida wasn't gonna be able to play how they wanted to play. They gave up 500 yards, rightful cover by Georgia. But look, one of the things that makes me the angriest because I'm always been team sneak is you have, I think, historically, if you go, I, I don't have college data on sneaks, but. NFL, 91% of the time, sneaks work. So if it's third and inches and you sneak and it doesn't work, it, you can go, you can do it again. It's okay. And we fake, and we fake sneak. Um, so, but it, that was just a frustrating moment. Georgia was the right side through and through. Um, even though they came out sleepy again, got down 7 nothing. They, they had, I think, almost near 500 yards of total offense. They were the right side. That. I'll say that was my worst call. Best call, uh, we'll go out west to the Copper State. My Arizona schools, all they do is cover. Everything's turning off Arizona these days. And then, uh, yeah, bet regret was probably my of Ohio. How about you? Best call, worst call, bet regret? You know, we'll go with the worst call first. There's a couple of bad ones yesterday. I mean, Utah, 
not good plus seven. Again, that is, um, you know, where I can't get out of my own brain from a math perspective. But the signals were all there yesterday uh, throughout the week in the betting market that Oregon was absolutely going to tear through them. Um, from a best call perspective, I'll just shout out Kansas State real quick. Absolute freight train right now. I'm really not a, a little nervous about my Texas futures, although if, if everybody keeps taking a loss, I don't have to worry about the Big 12 championship, which is what the bet is. But uh, Kansas State is absolutely on a roll right now. Get out of their way. But that's scary. Yeah. Best call of the day is Southern Miss. But, I, you know, let's hear it for Frank Gore and his auntie. But uh, Southern Miss was in, winning that game the entire time as 17-point underdogs. App State has been fade material all year. Uh, they, they cannot stop the run, like we said. And, you know, we got to see a little Frank Core and what they call the super back role. But I'm really upset that I don't think he had more than two touches the last eight minutes of the game. Unbelievable. So. I, I, we said give him the ball 40 <laughs> times. So I'm 40, he ran at 24 for 250. Uh, that yeah, game that was, was frustrating. Wild. And then, but, I mean, what a melt. They were up 38-28. Mm-hmm. App State throws a bomb on fourth and eight for some reason. And then I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Went to sweat, as Van Pelt would say, a little pitchy woo-woo. Yep. But Southern Miss did the right thing, and they ran a dive, um, and the game was over. But they, they they stop giving it to – you know, like, look, Southern Miss was a corpse, and App State gave, allowed 580 yards. I think they both had 580 yards of offense. Um, but, yeah, they stopped giving it to Gore. They would have won that game. Yeah, or, I, I think mean, that was probably Will Hall's last hurrah. Well, it's going to be Sean Clark's last hurrah too here. You yep. got Marshall, Georgia State, James Madison, Georgia Southern. I mean, uh, at least three of those teams are pretty heavy ground based. So App State is going to be such good fade material for a while. Yeah, yeah, I do have to. Kansas State right now is very scary. They play they Kansas State Texas next week, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming that line will come down a bit. I think it. I, don't, I forget what the opener was, but we'll obviously cover that one in depth throughout the week. I'm sure I'm lower than everybody. I've got it at three, so we'll we'll see today. Let's uh, – yeah, Colin will be back later on in the show. Later this afternoon, he'll record his quick look ahead. And just to give everyone a heads up, we will have our new BCS, which will be out – on this podcast feed, but it'll also be live on the app and on YouTube, 10.30 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. And we're adding a, you know, look, we have a new format, Tim Kalinowski, who's now hosting. It's a pretty fun show now, but I guess what's back on Tuesday? Maction. So weekday Maction is back throughout the month of November. We will have a segment on that show where we'll talk about the early weeknight Mac game. So we won't cover that on this show unless Colin has something in the look ahead section. But if you thought Conference USA was bad, wait until Wednesday night when we got Kent State Akron in the toilet bowl. Early bowl season, baby. All right, let's get to the voicemails. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. Have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bets on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. Colin Stuck, Ja from Long Island. Jesus Christ. 
This is the second time this year. At the last second, on Saturday morning, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put in Purdue. I'm going to play them. And, of course, the line steams all the way down. They close as a favorite. But the problem is, I don't think Hudson Carr realizes that Halloween's on Tuesday, and today he just decided to be a pumpkin because, Jesus Christ, I don't even think he has to wear a costume because this guy stinks. I can't believe I put my hard-earned money on Purdue again. This team is a joke. They can't do anything against Nebraska missing their three offensive linemen. Give me a break. Hudson Card, congratulations, bro. You win costume of the year because you're a pumpkin. Suck, Colin. Great call on that Southern Miss game. Good call on that Kansas game. But I got to ask, how many more games are we going to bet on Purdue football? I have thrown away at least. What are we, 0-2 on the year? 0-3 after today? It's not even halftime yet, and I'm already counting this as a loss. You know, I'm going to keep tailing, but, you know, I'm begging. Come on, please. No more Purdue. I'm begging you. Stucky. Purdue? How about her don't? Oh, my God. I swear to God, if I see one more Purdue Football Action Network notification pop up on my phone the rest of the season, I'm deleting the app. Stop betting on this team. This call specifically for Stuck. You ever have one of those days where your small plays, those are the ones that hit. The big plays, the big money games, they just go to And then the games that you were going to play but you didn't get money down on are zero sweat. That's today. Today's a bad day. What the hell happened to Purdue? That was the move. It was the play. Nebraska is awful. Shout out to my guy. He's right. They should be relegated. Sent down. They need to go to the FCS. It is currently halftime of the Nebraska-Purdue game, and I just have one question. Stucky, what the do you love so much about this coaching staff? This team is a corpse. From what you told us on the podcast, it seemed like Nebraska had members of its faculty starting today, yet 14 nothing at halftime. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, look, Purdue was, it was embarrassing. Uh, I mean, Nebraska's offense didn't do anything. They had a couple explosive plays. Like, I, I talked about their offense. Heinrich Harburg went 6 of 11 on the day. Nebraska wasn't dropping back to throw. Two of those were touchdowns, though. Yeah, they, they ran it 50 times for 150 yards. So, like, it was, can fucking Purdue stop trying to kick field goals? For the love of God. They, had a, they get the kid who came out before you missed a, four, a 39-yarder, get the college kid, the student, from the Ohio State game that made a 40-yarder for a contest. And then your kicker missed the 39-yarder. You trot him out again. It gets blocked and returned for a touchdown. I mean, what, what are we doing? You're down 14 nothing anyway. Let's cut it to 11. Boiler down. Fuck off, Purdue. Yeah, right, this is a really bad offensive performance. Uh, so the national, we talked about available yards on the podcast. Available yards is if you line up, at the, if you start your drive at the 20, then you get 80 possible yards. Well, the national average on available yards to gain is 44%. Yesterday, Duke 
gained 19% available yards and one at <laughs> one average two points per drive past the 40 yard line, no explosives, no methodicals. This offense is completely broken. As a reminder, the BBOC podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Moving on. Listen, guys, I'm sitting here at a FCS game, and now I'm learning a lesson of don't lay 24 in the SoCon. Furman versus If That's the story for another day. I don't even know why I did that. But you guys really are going to sell me on Graham Mertz? I'm checking the score on my phone. It's 24 to 7. Oh, what? Graham Mertz got a touchdown to start the game, and you think that's a lock? No, it's Georgia. Why am I telling you guys on this? What the are you thinking? What the Stucky, stop fading Georgia in big games. You don't think they can cover against Ball State if they want to? Of course they can. They save it up for the big games. I'm watching Georgia, Florida. I'm thinking about you and how you can't wait to grab the 10.5 points, Tennessee or Missouri plus 13.5. Don't do it, Stucky. Just take the over like Colin Wilson, a true sharp, later. we got to let Georgia fans have their moment. They've been burning money in dumpsters, uh, and they're all homeless now back in their team. Auburn wasn't a big game. South Carolina with Florida. Graham Mertz, that's the big game. Congrats on being 2-6 and six against the spread. I've made plenty of money fading Georgia. We talked about this game already. Billy lost it, but Georgia was the right side. Congrats. You, you covered a game, as you should. You're number one in the country. Cover games. Are, are you as... Uh... Passionate. Not back in Tennessee, by the way, unless they bank in more field goals. By the way, Devin Leary looks great. So that Kentucky offense is back. Uh, but I faded a pumpkin on Halloween and Joe Milton. Lesson learned. Moving on. Are you, are you, uh, are you as passionate about Carson Beck not winning the Heisman as you were last year about Stetson Bennett? Yes. Carson Beck has no chance to win the Heisman. I told you, I'm eating my shoe live <laughs> on the show if Carson Beck wins the Heisman. 306 yards, two TDs. There's a rushing one in there. So, congrats. All right. I'm watching the Colorado UCLA game. Shiloh Sanders just got kicked out for targeting. Is this flag football? He got kicked out for targeting? If you guys would have seen this, it was a great hit, led in with his shoulder, and they called targeting? We might as well go back to flag football. What the is this? I don't know what type of referees let this go down. Maybe they got some money on the game. That was a terrible call. It was a great hit. He did not target. Call of the week. Caller of the week right there. No, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, Shiloh, I, I I mean, I thought it was a pretty standard hit. I mean, I'm not one to get into it. I still think that there should be – It's should college football should replicate college basketball. There needs to be a flagrant one, a flagrant two. Flagrant two, you get your – you get to do the walk of shame. Flagrant one, 15 yards, move on. But – you know, who am I to decide? But what a frustrating game. Yeah, UCLA, Colorado going back and forth at each other. Like, I mean, Colorado played a lot better than I thought. Glad UCLA pulled out the win for the win total that we have on them. But, um, you know, I think, I don't think Colorado is going to give up here. I, they're in 
desperate need of wins to get to bowl season. We'll see if they keep playing hard for prime. But I mean, I've I've really been impressed with uh, with, with Dion as a coach, and I can see how he's he's probably going to be a play on team for the public for every year that he's at Colorado or any school that he's at in college football. Four turnovers for UCLA, all in the first half. Great job. Did you bet the game? No, I bet the I bet the UCLA team total over didn't win. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I told we told everyone about the under. Mm-hmm. I can't figure them out, even when Dante Moore doesn't play. Oh look, Boston College outgained UConn by almost two hundred and twenty yards. Had twenty more first downs than surely they won by at least a couple touchdowns. I mean, at least probably more like three or four touchdowns. No, no, they won by one touchdown. And to just rub it in my face, they drive all the way down to the two-yard line at the end of the game and run the clock out. What a joke. Colin, stuck. Sitting here after this first round of games, just about to go jump off a bridge, haven't had enough drinks to have a water yet. And I'm sitting here looking at BC and UConn, freaking stat total. First downs, BC 30, UConn 10. Total yards, 433 to 222. Time of possession. 40 to 19. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Then we roll that right into Jumbo Fisher and the missed call on the touchdown pass. Out gaining Carolina by 150 yards. What have I done wrong today? I went and worked youth football this morning. Youth football championship. And this is what I get after it. It's ridiculous. See ya. UConn had no business covering that game if you look at it from a stats perspective. Like, they had no methodical drives. They only had one explosive. They only gained 30% of available yards. They just cashed in every time they got into the red zone as to where Boston College was 2.3 points every time they crossed the 40. It's, I don't know, isn't UConn supposed to be dead? They're not going to make a bowl? I mean, had a, you would think there would be a hangover from not making a bowl after you did last year. It looks like they're playing hard to me still, so. Moving on. Nothing to get too enraged about this weekend. College slate was ugly as hell. No value anywhere. The only thing I did think, though, was Baylor on a little bit of a roll, three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. In a, I guess a pretty big matchup for them, considering how terrible their season is. Figured maybe they would be able to salvage their season a little bit, get a bowl game or something, if that was even possible. But, my God, Blake Shapen, he is so awful. Are we all in agreement about that? Someone thought it was a good idea to give this kid a, a full athletic scholarship playing Big 12 football? Holy <laughs> Take this stupid-ass sweatband off your head. You don't look cool. You look like a cornball. I hope this kid is unemployed upon graduating. He's so bad. I actually would not hire him to fold my laundry. He needs to go sell insurance at some third-rate insurance brokerage. He is dog. Whoever this caller is, sounds and paces himself like Ryan Day of Ohio State. That's insane. (laughs) He does. I can see that. I might rewind. I mean, he sounds exactly like Ryan Day. I got to play this. Floyd upon graduating. He's so bad. I actually would not hire him to fold my lawn. <laughs> he needs to go sell insurance at some third-rate insurance brokerage. He is dog. Whoever this caller is, please call back in and say it's Ohio versus the world. It's always been Ohio versus the world. I mean, I this might be Ryan Day calling our hotline. Matt, if, I hope for my sake, I hope Ryan Day doesn't listen to this podcast. What up, Ryan? <laughs> You got anything on uh, Blake Shapen? Two thirty nine. Thrones is playing well for Valtech. Maybe they should have played him sooner. You know what's um, interesting is our Iowa. My Iowa State win total is going to cash. Like laying that bet after Big Twelve Media Days and Matt Campbell saying like I don't know what's going to happen with the, with the investigations and and still cashing this ticket is crazy. Yeah, uh, the the Big Twelve is a wild place. By the way, oh my god, it didn't work. Like I wanted to. Hopefully, we still get value, but I had West Virginia circled for next week against BYU. Mm-hmm. 
BYU lays down. West Virginia wins outright at UCF. So we'll see where that number comes out. I am sick and tired of Mr. Brett McMurphy and his alma mater. No, but really I'm sick and tired of Cincinnati. Remember they that can't get caller? Out of way. Remember they can't that, get out of their way. Remember that caller earlier in the year who was gloating, saying, Stucky said Satterfield's going to struggle. Here, <laughs> yet here I am back in this fucking team, week in and week out, and losing money. <sighs> well, moving on. First off, I mean, Oklahoma State is playing extremely good football right now with Ollie Gordon. I mean, he's, he, what's he at? 250 yards last three games at least, Monster. rushing. I mean, he, he's insane. And look at their final schedule UCF, Houston, BYU. That's it after Bedlam. Oklahoma State might go to the Big 12 Championship. Am I reading this right? All right, Bedlam, UCF, Houston, BYU. Holy cow. Listen, we got to talk more. We got to talk more pokes on this podcast. Moving on. I don't know what's more embarrassing. My call about my rant about Penn State not making the show last week. Okay, that's one. Two, I had to listen to all the from Ohio State about how good their team is when in reality, Penn State just blows. Allard sucks. Franklin sucks. Not going to rant again. Or the fact that Penn State is losing 14-7 to to Indiana. Just missed a field goal. And someone from Action Network actually wrote up Penn State minus 31. This is the most embarrassing thing I think I've ever been through Penn State, Franklin, and damn it, please do not put OSU fans on the site again. I got a bone to pick with Penn State. Drew Aller attempted seven passes over 20 yards, completing three of them for two TDs and four big-time throws. Where the fuck has this been all year? Seven passes over 20 yards? Where's this been? I told you my sources in Happy Valley confirmed that James Franklin was simply looking past Pence, Ohio State, <laughs> preparing for Indiana. That's when the passing attack came out, yet they couldn't even come close to covering. Uh, I mean, get Penn State out of my life. Colin Stuck, take those Penn State futures and up your This team sucks. I thought the boosters... We'll get a little bit of revenge today, cover that 31. Take those futures and Yeah, this one's for uh, Mr. Mike Ainello. Under on the Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan game, huh? Yeah, just don't look at the game. Just check the app. Make sure that the under is going to hit. What the Did these teams, like, switch to rookie mode in NCAA all of a sudden? Like, I don't know, man. I'm just going to go grab my rubber ducky and join Martin in the bathtub and watch the rest of these games today. Holy Stucky, you've lived in Lexington long enough to know this, man. No matter how good the balls are, no matter how bad Kentucky is, vice versa, there's three things in life that are guaranteed. Death, taxes, and Tennessee being Kentucky. It's just how it is, man. I'm sorry. Love you guys. I'll give you a chance to rant. You want to talk more about a, a donk and a field goal post? I, I don't know. I, there, you had some incoherent tweets. You almost got a mix in of water for, for, out of me before I fell asleep last night. But, uh, like, I mean, it's still Tennessee had a 71% postgame win expectancy. I mean, are you really feeling raw? Like, you think Kentucky should have covered? Like, what were they covering? Like, for a hot minute in that game? Uh, I mean, look, my, my handicap is that Leary was going to look a lot better. He looked amazing. Yep. Um, he had zip on his ball. His injury was off. 
Tennessee ran the ball better than I thought they would. Um, no, but really, I was just a lot of that was just frustration for not for me. I lost millions of bets in my life. I'll lose a million more. It was just frustration for my wife. This Kentucky team, football and basketball, since I've moved here, cannot. Can we get one? One just give the bar something. Can't get past the first weekend in college basketball. Can't win. Beat, I mean, beat Tennessee, an irrelevant program this year. Just beat them at home. Can't do that. It's frustrating. I mean, yeah, I deserve to lose the bet. I don't, I don't care about that. We'll lose 17 trillion more bets in my life. But for her, come on, Kentucky, do something. Can the basketball team get to the fucking second weekend at least? At least Arkansas. If Arkansas is here, we just get to the lead eight. Yeah. I mean, I'm not with you here. I, I, ever since you've been married... Arkansas has made it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament every year, so I'm. <laughs> we not. We can't get to the second weekend. Who's the Who's the St. Peter's? Little Sisters of the Poor. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I mean, no, I mean Kentucky. They are so much improved. Like they had more available yards than Tennessee. They had uh, a couple of methodicals, twice as many explosive drives. Like the offense isn't broke whatsoever. Tennessee just played a little bit better, uh, but from a statistics standpoint, they were right with them neck and neck. So. Uh, Kentucky is certainly a play on team, so they Kentucky can go. Trying and get that field, Stu's trying that field goal. So, like, Kentucky yeah. doesn't have a good field goal. He's trying that bomb field goal. Um, I disagreed with trying to kick there, but yeah, Tennessee was the rightful side. Uh, I will say now, Kentucky, they might be a play on team against Alabama. We'll see in two weeks. Hopefully, they go down to Mississippi State, take care of business for both of those win totals because I have the over on Kentucky at seven and under on Mississippi State. Mississippi State's terrible. How do you lose? How did you lose to them, by the way? Um, they probably Mississippi State hosts Southern Miss a couple weeks. Are we going back to our boys as big dogs? Oh boy, moving Sounds, on. Yeah, so I, I mean, I hate Mississippi. Am I allowed to bet against on or against Mississippi State at any point this season? Uh, we'll see. I'll see if you're off the band list in three weeks. Put, put Mississippi State and UCLA in a bowl. I won't even bet it. Oh, by the way, on the new BCS, I think I'm going to show up in my Bentonville High School Letterman. Uh, shout out to Chaz Nimrod, who uh, liked the tweet last night, but he uh, graduated from my high school, Bentonville High School here. Uh, actually, my wife works out with his mom. So it's a small world. When he hit that touchdown pass, it was his first ever in his career. I was like, oh, shit, I got to get this one tweeted out. So shout out to him. Colin, Stucky, how about Roadbow next, huh? He's not the same as he is at the Cotsink. He's not the same. When are you guys going to realize Oregon Bo Nix is not Auburn Bo Nix? Go Ducks. Colin Wilson, you stupid malignant <laughs> The second you told everybody that you were taking Utah, you guarantee Utah would cover the spread. I went and doubled my <laughs> bet on Oregon, you stupid malignant <laughs> Please retire from gambling. Your picks are <laughs> That's all I got to say. And by the way, I did not mix in water today. Thank you. I, I would just like to let that person know that I wrote a whole article on Tuesday saying take Oregon for the national title and I put in the ad 30 to 1 Oregon like I, this was all planned like I'm going to get my unit back if Utah covers this and maybe potential get in the middle but I the writing was on the wall that Oregon was going to get out of this with a win I just didn't know if it'd be by more than a touchdown so how stupid am I I don't know I got Oregon in my back pocket I like that yeah so by the way mix in a water I need people to understand this there's certain times you can use mix in a water, certain times you can't. Saturday afternoon, no, we are not mixing in a water. <laughs> I, I, I am not mixing in a water. I'm up for days doing NFL, college, college football, writing Mac manifestos. 
don't do a thing. Don't go out. Don't leave my dungeon. Saturdays, once I'm done the live show, no, I'm not mixing in a water. At <laughs> night, yeah, you got to finally mix in one or two. That's when you can say, all right, you've gone a little too far. If you say something outlandish, yeah, that's where the mix in the water comes in. But Saturday afternoon, no, 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 no. That's not the time to mix in a water. So well done, gentlemen. Bear down. My buddy snoring next to me in the hotel room. Passed out drunk. Lost my ID and credit card at the strip club yesterday. Dogs somehow covered. Mall. Cow golden bears. Let's go. USC, an absolute corpse. Stucky Colin. Love you, boys. Have a good one. All right. Yeah, it was... Uh... We're going to have, I mean, I guess we have Oklahoma out of it, big, big, more Big 12 cast. It wasn't, it just felt like a boring weekend. You know, you know what that means? That means we have a, we're going to have one of those chaotic Saturdays coming up. So we're going to have, we'll talk Maction on our new BCS show, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Colin will have his look ahead segment when openers come out later today. He'll record that. Any other games that you wanted to mention before I uh, sign off here? No, let's let's call it good. Let's put a bow on week nine and move on to Maction and a monster weekend when it comes to playoff rankings and games that will affect the rankings. Yep, we're on to week 10. So what better way to kick things off than Colin taking a quick look at the openers? Colin? Thanks, Stucky. Okay, everybody, let's take a look at week 10 college football openers. It's going to be a little bit of a heavy Mac flavor here when we do this over the next couple of weeks because we have to get, uh, I mean, they're on Tuesday, Wednesday nights. Welcome back, Maction. It's going to be some uh, some wild football, which I'm sure all of us cannot wait for. I think the important thing is with with Mac is you're going to see a large amount of steam on games within 30 minutes before kick. So stay tight to your power rating numbers. Stay tight to your process. Research <laughs> what quarterbacks are going to be playing, uh, who is good at scoring points, and who's not. And uh, you know, uh, we'll see if we can turn a good profitable Mac season. I know last year was red hot for me. The year before was not. So we'll see what we get. Okay. So we're going to start off with Northern Illinois and central Michigan. Uh, that's going to kick off on Tuesday night. I took an under 48 on this. Uh, one of the numbers that was out there, I saw some 47s out there. I project this at 42. So if you can't get the 48 or if the steam doesn't come back to 48, at least at 45, you have another key number that you can get in at really, this comes down to central Michigan. They're really terrible in quality drives, uh, with their new quarterback, Jace Bauer, uh, very inefficient, 121st in finishing drives. Even if they can get down the field, they've not been able to get points up on the board. And, you know, Bauer is just going to be very limited against a Northern Illinois defense that is actually pretty good in coverage. Um, when you look at Central Michigan, they're 31st in defensive passing downs EPA. That means they don't allow explosives, but Northern Illinois is not the time, type of team that's going to hit a bunch of explosives down the field. So I do like the under starting off in that game. I did take Northern Illinois minus three. Um, that is a, the number that was out on opener. I expect the number to close probably six, six and a half. And at that point I'll make a determination. I'm going to come back on central Michigan, but, um, and generally I, I think just warning for everybody with Mac, I do do a heavy amount of coming back live on the games with these because they're just so wild. I mean, I, I've seen Toledo blow, um, 35 point lead. So, um, just keep that in mind. So the next game, um, we're going to talk about Maction is going to be, on Wednesday night, I took an under 41 and a half at FanDuel um, with Kent and Akron. I projected to be 31 and a half. So there's going to be plenty of key numbers you can hit from 
40, 39, 38, uh, and on down. These offenses are just horrendous. 127th and 132nd quality drives for these two teams. I mean, even though Joe Moorhead's there, Akron is 132nd in offensive momentum killer rate. That is a stat that looks at, did you log a penalty? Did you miss a field goal? Did you have a fourth down stop? It's just, what do you do to kill yourself and take yourself out of a drive? And Akron's been second to last in the nation. Kent State has a couple of pass explosives this year, but Akron's 29th in defensive pass CPA. That's about the only thing they do well is shoot eight back and uh, prevent the big pass. So look out for that. Um, another one that we got, let's move on to Thursday night football, I believe. Wednesday, Thursday, yep. Uh, TCU and Texas Tech. I took TCU plus three. Uh, I actually power rate this number at three, so I was a little bit surprised that I'm firing on this early, but... Josh Hoover dominated cover three for BYU. I know BYU secondary isn't very good, but uh, for Hoover, it was his biggest day of the year when you look at big-time throw rate and on-target balls. So he is um, pretty dominant against cover three, and Texas Tech runs pure cover three. Uh, They have middling success and middling EPA allowed. So I think the Hoover that we saw against BYU is similar to what we're going to see against that 3-3-5 stack um, that TCU likes to put out there. So... We'll take the three. Uh, I actually kind of expect this number to probably close under three. So we'll see. We'll assess later in the week and see if we can come back. Also hopped in on Houston and Baylor under 58. Uh, These offenses have just been so atrocious and the stats that we love, quality drives, finishing drives. Um, There are some explosive advantages for Baylor here in standard downs, but they don't have any success rate. So, you know, it's hit or miss if you're going to get really bad shaping or just really bad shape or bad shaping or really bad shaping. So, We'll see which one we get. Uh, we'll see if Houston can uh, collect themselves after four emotional games in which they got routed by Kansas State. You have to think they circle the wagons in the locker room and try to show up here. But under 58, 59 is key. I just project this at 49. I don't think we're going to get a 59. So um, try to get it before it gets to 55. Other than that, uh, I'm not making any plays on some of the bigger games of the week. Missouri, Georgia being one of the biggest. I want the over. Uh, pretty bad in this game. And the problem is, is the books have opened up at 55 and a half. And if I had the ability to buy a half point uh, this early in the week, I would. If that 55 and a half is around on Monday when you can buy half points or Tuesday, then I will buy it down to 55 because 55 is the biggest key in totals. Uh, You don't generally do that for any other total. But I absolutely love uh, both teams getting points up on the board in this game. I've already checked out the coverages here. Brady Cook dominates quarters and cover three. Those are the two primary secondary packages for Georgia. Look at Carson Beck. Why has he been so successful? It's been against cover three. And Missouri is about, I know Missouri is pretty good at coverage and defending the pass, but they're about average success rate and average EPA allowed in cover three, which is their primary package that they run in the secondary. So I expect Carson Beck to have a big day. I expect Brady Cook to do what he's been doing all year. Uh, I mean, Missouri is really explosive against quarters and cover three. We'll see what they can do against, uh, you know, a really good Georgia secondary. I I know I talked on Twitter that I like Missouri in this game. Uh, There's some 16s, uh, 16 and a halfs floating out there. There's a 17 at FanDuel that not everybody can get to. Um, I'm a little bit tentative on buying Missouri. I want to buy Missouri. I've backed this team all year. Um, but there are some very nasty numbers when it comes to, uh, defensive quality drives and defensive finishing drives, 69th and 99th there. Um, you know, Missouri doesn't have an avenue to run the ball. At least Florida could run the ball a little bit. Missouri doesn't have that advantage. Missouri is all the Brady cook show and having Luther burdens on, on your side is, 
is a really good weapon. But uh, the fact that they can't run the ball and their defense is extremely leaky, especially against the pass, um, it's it, it might be, end up being a pass for me. I really want to put a bet in Missouri, but I am going uh, to hold off on that one. Kansas State, Texas, uh, that's a game I, I was fearful. My Texas futures for the Big 12 uh, were going to get eaten up. Um, looks like the number has coming out. We're going to bounce in a dead zone here between three and six and a half. Uh, I power rate this at three and I've already checked out the run concepts and Texas is extreme. I mean, their rush defense is fantastic in the overall stats when it comes to success rate line yards, they're really good against the run, which it's going to be tough for Kansas state to, you know, what they've been doing to big 12, big 12 teams in the last past few weeks. They're going to have a hard time doing that against Texas, but more importantly, Texas dominates inside and outside zone. Uh, that is going to be uh, a problem for Kansas State. Kansas State is also, I mean, they're very interesting on a rush offense perspective. You know, they run counter concepts. They pull offensive linemen. They run man uh, run concepts. And Texas just doesn't have a lot of snaps against teams that have done that. Um, They haven't run a lot of snaps on defense against offenses that are running 22 and 21 personnel with two running backs and, and two tight ends. So it's going to be a different look. But considering Texas's success, against every rushing offense that they've seen, I would think they're going to be able to plug the gaps here. I mean, Kansas State can be a tricky one to plan for. Um, So I have not made a bet on that um, because Texas has been so uh, good against inside-outside zone. um, I'm holding off on making a bet on this. Uh, I do make it Texas minus three. I would like to get into Kansas State, but I'm going to have to dive a little bit more into what Texas is doing. Outside of that, I know Stucky and I talked a lot about Arkansas and Florida, that we wanted to hit the opener on this. It's a game I make Florida minus eight and a half. The Razorbacks have never won a game down in Gainesville in all the years we've been in the SEC. Um, The number did come out on the total about where the projection is. The number did come out around the the projection. So the projection that I have is 46.3, but that is an offense for Arkansas that is with Dan Enos. Dan Enos is no longer there. And the one thing Pittman said in the presser after firing – Danny knows was that we are going to be a much faster offense. They're going to go back to the 23 seconds per play that Bryles had. I would instantly want to snap up this total uh, at 48 and a half. I believe it opened up 52 and a half out in the desert. Immediately took some under money down to 48 and a half. 48 is very key in the totals market. So I am going to sit tight and hopefully a 48 comes through and anybody wants to steam it down because they don't think Arkansas can go down and, and score some points. I'll be happily uh, to invest in a 48 or 47 on the over in this game because tempo is going to be a little bit different for Arkansas this week. Okay, that's going to do it. That wraps it up. Uh, good luck on your bets, uh, and good luck on College Football Week 10. Back to you, Stucky. All right, thanks, Colin. Thanks to all of you, as always, for tuning in. Thanks to our producers audio and video on the back end for all the work they do. Thanks to everyone who calls in on the voicemail. Make sure, as always, you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. Say, Stucky, mix in a water, why'd you fade Georgia? Anything. It really helps us. If you already left the review, if you already left the review, take your mom's phone, your girlfriend's phone, friends. Greatest podcast ever. Hit me up, Matt Mitchell. Go Bills. Bills fan in Arizona. Arizona, see? Everything's turning up Arizona. Thanks for leaving. He's the only guy who's left the review in the last week. Come on, people. Send him gear. Send him extra gear, Mitchell, for being the only person to leave a review in the past week. It really helps us out. We'll send you a bunch of gear. It's easy. It takes two seconds. But we appreciate all of your support. It's time for us to go get to work on week 10. 
We will catch y'all on Tuesday morning. Cheers. Peace out. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.